Welcome to On The Turnbuckle on mypodcasthouse.com or Stitcher or Spotify or Google or iTunes. I thought it was Snitcher. <laughs> well, she here and I'm joined by Lyle. A very good day, Lyle. Uh, yeah, welcome, mate. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for doing the intro, mate. Where's, where's Tony? Fucked if I know. Bloody hell. It's easy on the swearing. Oh, no, that's right. He doesn't listen back to the show, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's so, why sometimes the songs are wrong and I know. Let's like hope that. he plays the right one this week. Uh we had another Facebook listener poll and the Mean Street Posse got up. Yeah, so fingers crossed Tony stuffs this one up and plays the one that I chose, which was the oddities. I really well, big insane clown posse fan. Yeah, eh? big championship. You, you are dressed like a juggalo, which is <laughs> I thought was a strange choice. You thought the face paint was a bit much? Yes. Not a visual medium, but yeah. Uh Silent J I'm uh, representing. I thought you were more of a shaggy two dope or whatever his name is. Is that a fat joke? <laughs> no, it's just that you're wearing a, a similar top to what he would wear. Oh, it's sorry, it's uh, American football season for all you uh, learned fans out there. Speaking of learned, we had a great guest last week, um, Jody McAllister, a best-selling author and big MCW fan. Yes, um, and it was just amazing to hear a different perspective on wrestling storytelling. Yeah, and the fact that she can pick up on the wrestling nuances, and because well, uh, she's smarter than yeah. us. <laughs> I didn't yeah. notice you didn't say a word. Well, I was a little bit, um, you know, intimidated by all the smart talk, as us uh, common folk would call it. Was that just from Tony, or well, <laughs> Tony? Uh, I don't know if he was. Was he trying to sound smart? Because he, well, he sounded was putting on a different voice the whole episode. <laughs> I listened back, and Tony's like. He's trying to sound sophisticated. Yeah. I don't even think he can pronounce sophisticated. <laughs> no, but it was a good chat. Like like we said in the interview and, you know, it's been online. People do enjoy going, getting home, uh, hopping to bed, relax, and jumping on Twitter and reading Jody's uh, thoughts about the show and well, Chris questions. Chris said that yeah. he, he, he loves, that's one of yeah. his post-show rituals. Yeah, so so it's amazing. It, you know, it's Got a little uh, a cult following, and um, and she was looking into those romance novels. Yeah, so that <laughs> she spoke about. Yeah, so she was tweeting some stuff about that during the week, which was amazing. Go back and look at it. Um, yeah, her wrestling stuff on Twitter is uh, it's great. So and uh, yeah, so I think we sent her down a wormhole from which she will never return. Reading some of. The books, uh, the Diana Hart book, uh, Cauliflower Heart, I think we yeah, found out so it was called. Wrestling romance. Apparently, she was the the main heroine in the story was using Winston Churchill quotes <laughs> to try and <laughs> capture a man. Yeah, so that's amazing. Maybe I'll load that up in my Kindle. Anyway, we've got a big guest with us in the studio today. We're joined in the studio by the owner of MCW, Mikey J. It is great to be back here, gents. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming in. Lyle missed out last time, so he was yeah. desperate. Was I overseas? To be here. Must I, have been I overseas. don't know where you were. You had better things to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> then I did have an apology from Tony for not being here, but he said two uh, great Australian wrestling promoters was too big for one room. <laughs> oh. I actually ran into him in Docklands the other day, just, yeah. just by chance. <laughs> was he giving you promoting tips? You think it was by chance. Well, you know that <laughs> camped out the front of AFL stuff. House. Yeah. 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 Well, here's my chance. <laughs> my promoter, promoting uh, notebook and stuff. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've actually got one of the old shows that he promoted somewhere, <laughs> on just on a hard drive somewhere, so I've still got to run it off for him. 
Show yeah. from Rosebud oh. back in the late nineties. We could we could do a show on that and just uh, oh no, we shouldn't <laughs> throw him under the bus more. <laughs> he has sent in a listener question actually, which oh. is bizarre. I'm just trying to find it. But he doesn't listen to the show. I know. Asked me the other day. Well, <laughs> I agree. But we're gonna, I'm going to start with Tony's question. Right, He's yes. like a dog with a bone at the moment. Okay. He wants. Can you please ask Mikey about the finish of the last show? Does he condone the attitude of Dowie towards the crowd? <sighs> no, but in that same vein, Dowie is welcome to have his own opinion on how things are, and obviously he feels very strongly about it. So if if that's how things are going to pan out, then then there's only so much we can do about it. And look, Dowie's a very opinionated guy. I have I, I do have a lot of time for Dowie, I, but I also think that there are probably better ways to go about it rather than interrupting what many are saying was probably one of the best main event title matches in company history. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Tony... Speaking out of school, I think he is. Well, he's been on he's this. Got a he's bit been of on this. He's yeah, he's been on. He? He's yeah. been on it for three weeks now. Really? Yeah. It's okay. I mean, he's welcome to try and approach Dowie about it himself. As if Tony would have the courage to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he said, if he when he runs his uh, big comeback show, he's not going to book Dowie uh, until he he apologizes to the industry. So, all right. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about. Um, something that you were bombarded with for quite a while. Um, when are you getting a women's championship? Um, we're going to get a women's championship in the main event of the October 12th Thornbury Theatre event, which will be the culmination of a two-night tournament, uh, which will be the return of the Melbourne City Invitational, but it will also be uh, for the MCW Women's Championship. So we've got eight competitors involved with that. Um, first round matches on Friday, October 11, night one, both shows at Thornbury Theatre. Tickets on sale now. Um, and then the four winners from that first night will then compete in two semifinal matches and then uh, the finals, which will be the main event on the Saturday night. Well, that's all the listener questions yeah, for the last few years for you. Thanks, so thanks for having me on, guys. See you later. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, quick, short show. Yeah, short and sharp. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, it it is good. It's exciting. I'm looking forward to the tournament. Yeah, uh, it's it's and it's something that like I'm pretty sure I said last time I was on. When the time is right, we'll do it. And uh, it's something that we'd been making a concerted effort to, you know, highlight our women's division over the last year, but even before that, um, like it has been an integral part of the shows. Uh, and yeah, we 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 decided that it's finally time. We think. We think that it's going to be a great addition to the company, and we think that um, yeah, there's like this is this is the chance for everyone who's wanted to see it come to fruition. We've got two great nights of um, of wrestling action, and there's and there's plenty happening on those shows, which I, I think is something that's going to appeal to our entire fan base and hopefully bring some new fans in. And the girls on the show have all. Well, the girls that we anticipate are going to be announced for that tournament, they've all been um, around MCW for at least the best part of six to eight months now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for some of them, having a championship is sort of uh, that that final step in, in terms of recognition for all the hard work that they put in both on the shows, at training, in the gym, everything, um, you know, everything that goes into being an elite talent, male or female, um, in professional wrestling, 
Uh, this is sort of, you know, the recognition for all that hard work that they've put in. We've, we've got a few people who haven't been with us as long. Um, and, you know, it's a great opportunity to introduce people like Candy Lee to a bigger audience here in Australia as well. And that's something that we're really looking forward to as well. Well, I saw Candy Lee last time she was here for the girl shows. Mm, yeah. And um, she was a draw. Like, she was very popular with that crowd. Absolutely, so yeah. So I'm looking to see um, her embraced fully by the full MCW audience. Yeah, likewise. And, and, and I'm really looking forward to having her compete and be in action across the two nights too. I think it's going to be a great addition to- That's if she gets up. past the first round. Well, whoever doesn't get through on the first round might, will wind up in action on night two regardless. That, so that, that, that's nice. That's 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 why. So that wasn't that wasn't a spoiler or anything like that. There's um <laughs> yeah. So there are there are two bookings on that weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So that means there's definitely um there's definitely four women's matches per show that weekend. Yeah, which absolutely. is fantastic. Yep. Hundred percent. How's ticket sales looking for that show? Really good. So we have an internal um, hope for what we're going to reach and we're already over halfway to that mark. So we're still about a month out. Hopefully that trend continues and, yeah, we'll have two solid attendances for the shows. We're definitely since the day it was announced, we've been pretty much chomping at the bit for it. And I know September's kind of an off-season for Australian wrestling. Yeah. Um, there's There's less shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly in Melbourne there is. Yeah. Um, just with, with footy finals and all the rest of it. But for me, that also gave us a bit of a chance to, you know, promote two nights as opposed to just one and gives us a chance to kind of have a bit more lead into that to really make sure that people understand how important these events are, especially given the, um, given the brevity of introducing a championship on the show too. I love the tickets that you've done for the show. So for anyone who hasn't seen them yet. That's um, just the logo. They're not actually uh, going to be handed out like that. I love the logo. I, I love the logo yeah. for the ticket because um, it's essentially very Melbourne. The yeah, the, the old Met, tickets. the old Met tickets from when I was going to school. And if you, if you look at it, night one is yellow and night two is going to be blue. So sort of like the zone one and two. It's, it's the, the attention's in the detail there. But yeah, I mean, look, it's that's all something where we kind of look at it and go, hey, if we if we want everyone to know that. This is Melbourne City Wrestling. Then we want to add a little bit of that, um, that sort of stuff into how we present ourselves and promote ourselves too. Because hey, if there's one thing that that fans of any sport in Melbourne enjoy, it's it's their own home teams. So um, we look at our, ourselves as being a you know a Melbourne centric promotion, obviously. Um, and yeah, we we try and make sure that when we have the chance to do stuff like this, we do you know similar with the old VFL style logo shirts that. Oh, I love that. They look amazing. Like, you know, that's and, – and this is all stuff that we've tried to do just to make sure that we're, you know, still being creative and, yeah, that people can really get behind something that is essentially their own, so to speak. Now, um, without looking too far in advance, are you nervous that you've uh, set yourself up for next year's anniversary show with the major announcements you've had for <laughs> nine? Uh, what do you – you have to run – Four shows next uh, next anniversary show. Uh, what yeah, pressure would be on after um, all these announcements. We'll worry about it when we get to it. Like, <laughs> I, look, there's it's future Mikey's problem. Yeah, it's future Mikey's problem, and I say that far too much. Um, but I I'm looking forward to the future as well, and and you know it's all it's always going to be a building process. 
Um, so I'm sure by the time we get to that stage, we'll be, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sweating that we're going to have this huge, like really high bar that's been set in front of us that, you know, we're going to struggle to climb over. Like I'm, I'm sure when it, when the time comes, then hopefully we hit that out of the park too. And some of the names that have been announced for MCW9, um, you've got Jag Hartley coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Hartley Jackson, who's uh, someone who I really personally admire and respect as well. Um, yeah, it's great to have him back on these shows too. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. And he must be aching to get back into a wrestling ring and throw throw his weight around a little bit. He's <laughs> just training and training and training at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I imagine there'd be probably some degree of pent-up frustration from that as well. And, and yeah, just wanting to just get back into it, you know, and to give the give, give the rig a go again. Really good opportunity for whoever gets chosen for that match as well. Yeah, yeah, huge chance to learn from someone who's always been one of the country's best but now has that worldwide level of experience and training and, and has all that to offer and impart. Um, yeah, it's going to be a massive opportunity for whoever winds up across the ring from him. And, I mean, his word might carry some weight if you impress him as well. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, Aussie Open, who have never wrestled in Australia as a tag team, I'm told. No, I, d- I don't think they have because um, Kyle was, I think, still Instagram up until the time that he went to the UK. So I th- I'm pretty sure when he came he's back. He's ridiculously young for what he's done. Oh, he's he's doing so well. And and Davis is, you know, someone who I, I, I consider a, a, a pretty good friend of mine. Um, I, I'm... Always impressed with what he brings to the table as well, and and it's it's such good timing at the moment with everything that they're doing in the wrestling world. Having just appeared for New Japan, um, Battle of Los Angeles this weekend, Progress, like just everything that they've been doing with Progress, uh, winning the WXW Tag Team Championships, like they're all over the world, and now we've got the chance to have them featured on these two shows, and at the moment. We're the only promotion in Australia that's using them in the time that they're in Australia. So, as it stands currently, if you want to see Aussie Open for the time being, this this is going to be the time to do it. And we don't know if and when we'll be able to get them back down the track, just because they are that busy. Well, the, also, I mean, they're probably the hottest tag team not signed to a major promotion fully at the moment. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, if if not the top. Then certainly in the top three, there's there's no question about so it. So it may just be a matter of time before they're not available for bookings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's and that just comes from being in demand. Uh, you know, with with all the bookings they've been doing across the UK, if Japan now has their eyes on them as well um, after Royal Quest, who knows? Like that's something. You know, they it's their accolades that those two boys deserve as well. Now, which uh, just personally, which did you get more excited for seeing Aussie Open? In New Japan or Nick Berry? Because we were there for uh, the Nick Berry uh, debut, and you were pretty excited. Yeah, um, I was wrapped for it, but I was I was also wrapped that he got to be Nick Berry, not necessarily one of the young lions as well. Um, so he had the chance to really shine and and sort of bring that character that he has that we all know and love, and take that to a worldwide television audience. Um, so I was really stoked for that. Like, oh, it's trying to pick between favorites. You, know, you can't really, you can't really do it. It's, it's tough. Like, 
Um, knowing the struggles that, you know, Davis and Kyle have had as well, like moving to the UK, starting from scratch, all the all the all the grinding and grafting that goes with that too in order to get to where they are. Like it's 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 one of these things where all of these all these accomplishments that come to these guys and opportunities to appear on bigger shows and all the rest of it, you can't really pick and choose because everyone has tried and worked their asses off to get to that spot. So the fact that they're now being recognised in that situation, I'm honestly stoked for all of them and and anyone who manages to get to that level. I mean, there's rumours abounding that one of your wrestlers has been signed by WWE, and I won't sort of push on it, but um, seeing success from anyone who spent a lot of time in your yeah. organisation must be like a proud father moment. Big time, absolutely, and that's and as someone who is never going to wrestle a match or anything like that, the one thing that I want to try and accomplish with a promotion is to shine a spotlight on the great talent that we have here, not just in Melbourne but across Australia as well. So to see people succeed off the back of that is is kind of like, all right, well, hey, we're doing the right thing, and that's that's not just myself. That's that's Chris with the character work that he brings to these guys. It's the work that Jay Andrews does with the school. It's the work that Rowan does with them as well. Re, you know, teaching them the social media tricks of the trade and all the rest of it too, so they know how to carry themselves. Like at the end of the day, I consider Melbourne City Wrestling and the MCW Academy um, to sort of be the, uh, a finishing school for people who want to then continue advancing in the wrestling world. And if their destination is not just to be in Australia, then hopefully what we provide with MCW and the Academy. Um, sets them up for whatever they want to achieve in the wrestling world. Yeah, and I mean, that's part of the reason we started this podcast. It's to, in whatever small way you're capable of, and there's, it's a very small way we're capable of, um, is to help out. And a lot of guys don't get used to having a microphone in front of them and talking and doing media, and we found that that's where we can assist. Absolutely, and but all of this stuff helps, and that like even even having podcasts and things like that that people can come on and and talk on that's stuff that betters people even just with life experiences and things like that you never know where you will need these things further on down the track even if it's not with wrestling um and and I think that having more people like yourselves and 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 Tony and and the guys who do reports for us say like uh for example Max from Fox Sports you know like all this stuff shines a light on what's happening down here. And if it converts one new person, then to me, you guys are doing a, a really great service for the Australian wrestling scene. Yeah, well, we, well, we had it with Seb. You know, obviously he used his yeah. platform to yep. shine, you know, a new light onto what you guys are doing and what the scene's doing. And, yeah, that was all positive. And, yeah, I know people were probably, you know, nervous about it at the start of a celebrity coming in. People- but don't like change they there's always going to be this closed off hey what's happening here outsiders coming in and all that sort of stuff it's weird that a growing portion of the fan base has kind of jumped in on that sort of mindset as well because at the end of the day that was that's something that we do to improve numbers um you know when when you've got eddie mcguire talking about what you're doing on a top rating breakfast radio program that's that's really important. That's getting what you're doing out to a broader audience. Like the aim is to grow this, not yeah. not keep the same hundred hundred and fifty fans um, month in and month out. As well, what as would it, what would it as that fan base is, but it's it's something where you know we always want to keep pushing forwards. 
well, what would an advertising spot on that show cost compared to? I'd shudder to think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so value for money, it's it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely, and it's and it's not that just that we do it for promotion as well. Like Seb was someone who I've worked with and and get along with and and someone who I like. So and having- as much as I wanted to hate Seb. It's almost impossible once you meet him. Yeah, yeah, he's it's it's infectious. He has, he has, um, he has such a real charm to him as well, and and a real warmth and a passion for what he's involved with, and that goes across everything that he he does. Whatever whatever Seb puts his mind to, he throws his work in it. Like he throws he he throws his whole lifestyle into it and everything as well. And I think that's why he's had the success that he's had. To outside of the wrestling business in the media industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, as an example, like we only touch base about having Seb do a spot on the phone for five minutes to promote his his match, mm. and the response we got back was, "Oh no, no, he'll drive out to your studio and do a full." Like he wanted to come yeah. out here, yeah. and sit in the studio, and and it was amazing. Yeah, and some of that's probably I think we've we we also saw that with David Arquette a little bit too, where. Because they realise that they are the outsider, they want to make sure that they're putting in and, and showing that they're not just doing this for a payday or for something like that or to plug something or whatever. Um, they're actually really keen on this. Same with the Auntie Donna boys who were involved. Like, you know, they were showing up at the school. They they let us gate crash the Glen Ridge um, graduation party that they did and all the rest of it as well. You know, it's it's people who respect what we're trying to build and and are keen to be involved and and will do what they can in order to make a success. Yeah, I think that was the one thing. When Seb did actually come in here, <laughs> you know, he took his shirt off, put his uh, disparaging Gino shirt on. <laughs> it's not even a visual medium, but he was so involved. He's just one of us. He's a wrestling fan. Absolutely. So, you know, people That's that were negative. Close, my close personal friend, Gino Gambino. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing that I'm that I'm wondering now is who's going to be the first from the AFL world to try and make that transition. Uh, DMs are open. <laughs> Well, we have had Dermy on the podcast. Yeah, well, Tony's got to pull his finger out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's got some contacts. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Uh, saving him for that big return show. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like one of those old um, NRL versus um, versus AFL boxing things that they did back in the we, day. We actually got approached, I want to say, in 2012 – to have retired footy players get trained up and compete in tag team matches where it was a wrestler and a footy player on each team. Um, like that was going to be the big draw card and it would be done in like circus tents in Torquay and all the rest of it. Didn't eventuate, um, but it would have been interesting to see. There's, there's a little story from the vault. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well it would have gone. Well, I mean, if you're doing it in Torquay, like that's the one thing that um, like – in England, they do a lot of the um, during the holiday period where they go around to they the, do the holiday to, camps. Yeah, the right? holiday camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in Australia, we have like a little carnival at all of those um, all of those yeah. little towns. It's sort of that roaming Royal Melbourne show, which then kind of keeps going through until May or whatever it is. Yeah, because I remember on holidays, wherever you didn't matter where you stayed, yeah. there was a carnival. Yeah, on. it's it, Warrnambool one weekend. We'll see the next, and then I think one of them is even out in. Eric, even though that's not country Victoria, but it may as well be. Um, yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. Um, yeah, because I know down at Anglesey there'd always be one on. Yeah. <laughs> um, there could definitely be a wrestling show put on there, but it would probably be one of those bang average ones. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I know the guys uh, spoke about it last time, but is there inter-promotional stuff with other companies from interstate? Is that a closer possibility than it was last time? Um, we're always open to it. I mean, yeah, we never we never rule that sort of thing out. We're, we're always keen to work with other companies and, you know, I talk about it with, with people from interstate every now and then. It's just a matter of lining it all up and working out a game plan and, Making sure dates don't clash along the way as well, and in order to make it best suit. So, yeah, it's 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 always on the horizons. It's just it's just waiting for that right opportunity to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, oh, we did have a lot of listeners ask that mm. that one. Um, yeah, I mean, and and that's also worked well with say the progress tour that we did last year as well. That was that was something that was really good and a lot of fun. And yeah, we. We're always keen to try and do stuff not just with other promotions from around Australia, but hey, the world as well. Why not? We um, well, something that a lot of promotions are doing um, with their academies is running academy shows. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, something that you guys are aspiring to do? Absolutely. Like, would I, you like yeah. me to book them? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I do not want you to book them. Keep your grubby mitts off it. <laughs> um, uh, when the when the time comes and and we feel that everyone's ready to do student shows and showcase events, then absolutely that's something that we'll look into doing. And I I think it's a great opportunity to give people um, a live event experience as well. That's that's something that James and I will be speaking about, no doubt, over the coming weeks and months. Um, yeah, but of course, when the when the time is right and everything's ready to go. That's something that I think we'd like to explore. Well, people forget how young the school is as well. Um, it's only been going just over a year. Yeah, so uh, to, to it'll take time to have enough of those guys who are match ready. Um, the fact that there are that um, you've already got your first academy graduate who's appeared on MCW shows, mm. and his name escapes Tony me. Villani. Tony Villani. He's got the most catchy theme song, <laughs> um, which he chose, and he's got a lot of energy. Yeah, it's it's infectious, isn't it? It is. Um, I'm wondering. Um, was, this this was definitely a listener question, but um, can we expect to see um, some of the guys start appearing on other shows that aren't MCW, especially the ones that aren't quite ready for an MCW show? I think it's only fair. It's it's one of those things that's inevitable. Um, we, we do wanna... see some promotions who yeah won't allow it. Yeah, and we want to make sure that whoever is involved with us that that they are getting as much experience as they can because it benefits them. It benefits what we're doing as well. Um, so, yeah, we don't we don't put boundaries on them. We want to explore everything that pro wrestling has to offer, not just within our confines. And I think other promotions do themselves a disservice when they, when they sort of say, no, only us, or don't go there, don't, you know, and, and there's those sort of restrictions. Why don't, why wouldn't you want people to go elsewhere and learn everywhere, you know, and, and then potentially bring something back to what you're doing within that promotion. Um, certainly with us, we, we want our guys to be elsewhere and everywhere and look, we're confident in how we we wind up booking them and using them that we'll do a great job with them and, and give them the sort of respect and the platform that they all deserve. But it's, yeah, I, I do think... I do think some of those restrictions elsewhere are going to be loosened um, and I would probably expect to see that loosen perhaps even in October. Okay. So people can take from that what they want. Yeah. Um, And I know that that some of the promotions that have 
restrictions. I've seen, um, and I'll talk about PCW, who used to have a lot of restrictions, but I've seen some of their wrestlers wrestle at um, PPW, PPW yeah, sure. um, and other promotions as well. I think the other thing as well is that it's not just on the promotions. The guys involved, if if they want to learn and they want to go out, go out. Send send us a message or something like that. Hit hit me up. Hit the company up. Drop us a line and, and let us know you're interested. Yeah. We're not going to come looking. No, and that's the thing. Some people probably think that you guys are scouting their shows, but you don't have no. time to do that. No. Um, I, I, at the moment, especially now that we've just got a new puppy, I don't have time to watch <laughs> wrestling on on TV. Um, yeah. streaming platforms yeah. at the moment. <laughs> so let, let alone watching what everyone else is doing in the country. Yeah, and the good thing is, I mean, if, you're, if your students are going out and working elsewhere and impressing people, they're going to draw eyes back to your product. Mm. But they're also going to, if someone's planning on becoming a wrestler and they see Tony on a show and they say, oh, where did you train? He's going to direct people back to your school as well. You're a walking advertisement for whichever brand that you represent. And if you're not, like that, that goes for people who aren't MCW guys and girls. You know, if, if, if you're working for us and people know who you are or want to know more about you, they're going to go looking. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those things that I think is beneficial overall. Now, MCW is your company, um, but you've got other people in charge of creative. How much say do you have on creative? Um, and if there's a storyline that you just don't like, what's the what sort of happens in those situations? I don't really know if there's been any situations where I've said, I don't like that, we're not doing it. There might be stuff where... It, it can be a collaborative process. So a lot of the time it's, all right, well, here's the idea and we all sit down and talk about it. And, I mean, we've been very lucky with Chris is that everything that he brings to the table, he believes in. Um, and I trust him more than enough to know that if he believes in something, that's what we're doing. I don't I don't need to interject. He probably wouldn't want me to. But there's, there's, there's no need to do it because I know that he's going to carry that out to the best of his ability. Um, anyone who's involved with MCW, we want to make sure that we've got the best people for the roles that they're involved with. So, well, you don't want to micromanage people. Well, You're no, paying them for no. a reason. Yeah, yeah. They're, like they're in that spot. They're in that spot for a reason. So, I I try to be hands off it as much as I can, as as as, as best I can. If there's if there's stuff that I'm think, well, what if we try this? And it can be open to discussion or whatever. And so be it. Or I might pitch something. It's like, well, why don't we tune this and do that? Like it's that's that's how the process goes. So on a night where you know there's a big storyline happening, so let's use the last show as an example when you know that Dowie's going to interrupt the main event. Um, is there excitement for the management team about how's how's this going to be? Um, how's this going to be received? Is it going to get the heat we hope it gets? Broadly speaking. I think at the end of a show, you know if something's done well based on the reactions of the fan base. You know what you're doing is good or bad, depending on how people are reacting to it. It doesn't even, like, I I don't even want that to be the focus on a particular storyline or a title change or whatever. We we know we're on the right track based on our audience. If, If they were sitting on their hands for anything, no matter what the occasion is, so be it. Um, like... Then we know we've got work to do, but if 
if they're excited, even if they're bummed out or whatever, based on where the story is going, then we hope that they'll be back to see where it goes in the future. When um, when you're timing and writing out the show, did you allow for the twelve or thirteen minutes of the booing, <laughs> Dowie really not being able I was to get really him. excited in, at intermission because I felt that you know we were keeping a good time, and at the end of it, I was like, oh, shit, it's ten forty. Um, yeah, so not letting him uh, get the promo out was I was an amazing was, atmosphere. Yeah, it was it was a real scene, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when it's that and obviously you're looking at the time but the positive outweighs the the time. That that reaction you know, you're not going to get them every show. Yeah. You know. And but you're not but you're also not going to have something like that that happens every show either. You've got to let these things play out, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where it's sort of like, all right, here we are. We're not, we're not just going to switch the mics off as much as we might want to. But, um, yeah, we're, we're just going to have to roll with the punches and see where this goes. One question that we got off Twitter uh, from at Khan the Tigers. That's a nice Twitter handle. You set that up. Um, it's a burner account. <laughs> yeah, the well, I was going to ask this question, so maybe it is. Does MCW have a suspenders on referees policy? Um, and are they about to have one? Probably after last show, we're about to implement <laughs> one. <laughs> what is the, the thoughts? Because for me personally as a fan, that really got me angry because it was taking me out of the main event mm. and mm. parts where I should have been – Heavily invested on on who's going to win this match. I was getting annoyed by people yelling out suspenders, and you can't really blame the crowd because the crowd are going to do what a crowd are going to do. Yeah, I I think it's one of those things where if you're disrupting the enjoyment of the show for others, then that's not on. Like, I love that we have a crowd that's getting stuck into it. They're making noise, which is good. And it came like when you got to the last five, ten minutes of that match, if you watch it back, they're really making a lot of noise. It's not like they're chanting suspenders and then doing nothing. Um, would I have liked to have heard it every every time someone was on the outside of the ring for an hour? No. It's grating. It gets annoying after a while. It's especially if especially and particularly because it's disrupting the viewing experience for others. Um, especially those who aren't in the room, those who are watching it at home when you put it up online. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be curious to know what people thought who were watching it who hadn't been at the show. I'd be curious to know what they thought of it. Well, Kevin Chiat, who writes for um, Voices, Voices of Wrestling. Yeah, he, he seemed he, pretty pissed off. He was pretty it. pissed off. And look, he, it, was a, it was a well-written piece. I actually enjoyed reading it. And um, he, he was definitely – it definitely was noticeable to him. I haven't watched it back yet. But um, in, the, in the arena, it was annoying me. And then he was annoyed at home. So, um, yeah, I take yeah, from that what you will. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. Like I'm always happy that people are enjoying themselves and having fun. Um, yeah, it's it's always just I suppose being mindful of everyone in the room. That's that's probably what it comes down to. But you know, I, I certainly wouldn't want to discourage people from having fun at shows. Otherwise, but he can what's wear the, the point? He can wear suspenders at Wrestle Rock, surely. 
Uh, <laughs> I'll chat to the Wrestle Rock book. And then, <laughs> and then maybe there'll be a spot where they're ripped off and burnt and never seen again. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious <laughs> if we can get a fire barrel in the corner hotel. <laughs> now, another big uh, question we're getting a lot on Suspenders Twitter. Suspenders was a big question, was it? That, yeah. It was, that was asked once, but I was going to ask it. Yeah. It saved me from, <laughs> from your burner account. Um, Nick on Twitter wants to know, with uh, streaming shows becoming more and more prevalent, uh, any closer to the MCW yeah, absolutely. streaming yeah, live? There's, there's a few different contacts and a few people who I've engaged and come across who offer those sorts of services. I want to make sure, much like with the Women's Championship, if it's something that we're going to do, then we want to make sure we go all in with it. So I think having the right people in the right spots in order to manage that because it is it's a bigger budget it's um you need more people for it more more equipment making sure that we can handle it making sure that we can get a signal out of Thornbury for example that's strong enough um there's all these logistical things which we are looking through now um and yeah when the time is right we'll do it but we want to make sure that well not even we I want to make sure, because I have a background in that side of things, that if this is something that we are doing, we are not taking a step back to achieve it. And I think that that's something where people go, all right, we need to have this live and get it out there as quickly as possible. And I actually think that the presentation of the product can suffer as a result from that, just in the process of just trying to get out there as quick as possible. Whereas, and and maybe this is something I need to learn to drop a little bit, I'll be pretty meticulous with certain aspects of the product and that includes playback of the shows. So if if I feel it's going to be a step backwards in how the shows look when you're watching it, then I don't want to do it. So that's that's why we're in the process now of making sure that it all looks right, sounds right, um, that whoever we've got vision mixing isn't missing stuff. Um, we want to make sure that everything is up to scratch so that if people are watching it, they don't go... Gee, it wasn't up to their usual standards from a production standpoint, not in ring. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's all super important to me. Otherwise, I think that that can then have a detrimental effect in the long run. Yeah, I mean, the it's a it's a benefit and it's a benefit and negative sort of analysis yeah. you've got to do. And whether you can have a different version of it go up online later, I mean, there are all sorts of things you can look at. Yeah, of course. Um, but you'd prefer not to have to because someone is there mixing it and editing. Um, directing it at the time um where it is a big benefit is that online engagement you've noticed pwa shows trending australia wide and but this is something that we've been doing for the last couple of years like mcw trends a lot with most of our events um and that's going up against footy games like even shows that we were doing at essendon a year ago um we did a show during final season and the only other thing that was trending higher than us in melbourne was the AFL game that was on that night. So that's something that can still be done, um, even without having the product going out live. Like if people are engaged, no matter how they're viewing it or or whatever, you know, even through snippets going up on social media as it happens, you can still achieve that sort of result. It doesn't mean that – like you don't need a live product in order to get to that stage. No, but I do know that I'm more likely to watch PWA now than I was oh, yeah. 12 months ago. Yeah, yeah, people – I, I – I do agree that there is going to be there are going to be people who are going to watch if they know it's live because then they can't be spoiled and they want to see what happens. I'm also curious to know if perhaps live attendances would drop off if people go, hmm, it's cold, I can just sit at home and watch it. 
But then if, you know, again, it comes down to the logistics and the financials of it. So if it's still beneficial in that regard, then, hey, there's no ground lost. We're in Melbourne. Everyone chooses the live event, don't they? We love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for the most part, you're right. Yeah. How, how long does it take to edit a show for yourself? If I sit down, if I sit down and just get it all done, I can probably, I mean, I've had shows that happened on the Saturday and were being uploaded on the Monday night, Tuesday morning. But that's when I just go home and bunker down and just get it done. And that's with a couple of cameras. Uh, add more cameras, you're adding more time. Add, the longer the show goes, the more time it is. I mean, for the most part, we try and get shows up within the week after yeah. they happen. Um, a couple of them have been delayed beyond that due to a variety of reasons. So, yeah, that's usually what we try and aim for. So how, how many hours just for yourself? I, I mean, reckon, like just... I reckon maybe 15 to 20, <sighs> depending on how much yeah. is in there. That's actually crazy. <laughs> Which makes how quickly you get the shows up quite impressive. Very, <laughs> very. It's, it's not a glamorous lifestyle when you're sitting there, just you wake up, you pat the dog, and then you have them in the office with you and you're just editing away and doing all this sort of thing, get to 2 o'clock in the afternoon and then go, I better have breakfast. <laughs> just getting stuck into it and going for it. It's, it's, it's not glamorous, but, hey, that's what life is like behind the curtain. Um, we did get an anonymous question through. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd love to know about diversity in the women's division. I'd love to see different looking women and different styles, not the standard getting opportunities. What's the standard and what are we looking for as an alternative? Because I'd like, I'm pretty sure that the tournament that we've got coming up is pretty diverse in terms of what everyone brings to the table. Look, style, in-ring, characters, like there's a pretty good mix. And if you look at the girls' shows as well, that continues to grow as well. So anyone who we give those spots to, we expect that they're up to a certain standard, but I don't think that we are a company that is discriminating people based on how they look or anything like that. Certainly if you look at, I I think definitely the girls' shows in particular, everyone's pretty well represented there. Yeah, I would have thought so, that, that uh, uh, that's I've never thought that at an MCW show before. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like, there's hey, there's there's limited people that you can choose from from certain sections in society, um, just based on who's around to begin with. Um, but as as far as I'm concerned, we I'd I'd like to think that we have a pretty culturally diverse roster. No, yeah, I. Wouldn't disagree. No, definitely. Um, Chris Thunder wants to know on Twitter, when is the next girl show? We've got it locked in with the venue. We took a bit of a hiatus just because we wanted to work on a few things with the venue to make sure that everything was up to scratch. We felt that the air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) That was part of a really bad run of luck where the air conditioning broke down the day before. I know. And as <laughs> as furious as I was on the day, I'm pretty sure I said, well, why wouldn't you get someone in this morning when you knew what was going to happen? Um, that was something we had to run with. Uh, My favourite part of that show was um, Indy coming to the ring in her ring jacket and not being able to get it off because she'd oh, sweated so yeah, much. Yeah, it's, it wasn't an ideal situation. And 
And backstage, I think most of the girls were spending their time in the huge freezer at the back of the storeroom or something like that, which which isn't an ideal situation. And that's that's one of the things that we want to make sure, you know, that talent are being looked after in terms of amenities and that at, at venues too. So, hey, we've been... We've been working with Evie's and they've been really receptive and good about it. So there will be another girls show before the end of the year. Awesome. Because I know they are very popular. Um, yeah. And we love doing them as well. It's it's a chance for us to see who's out there who may not necessarily be on a Thornbury show too. And and we know that it reaches a different part of the audience. I can who, get my girlfriend to come to the wrestling. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's the my thing. My wife came and once. The, but that's, that's, that's what we love. That it's attracting a different audience too and- and we're able to show people what our women's division is about, not not even what we're about, specifically what what the division's about too. So that's that's always something that we're going to be looking at continuing. Um, yeah, so there will be announcements on that soon. I got another one from Twitter. This is, comes from a, uh, uh, a listener from a long time. He listens to all our shows, A. Brooks. Wants to know <laughs> why is the unit not in the tawny? <laughs> Shut up, Brooks. <laughs> um, uh, That's diversity. I, I have a question for this anonymous A. Brooks. Yep. Who would he have taken out? To put the unit in there. Well, we don't know everyone that's in there yet, do we? We haven't had all the announcements. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> wait until the end of this week when all the announcements are up there and then I'd love to know publicly who he would have taken out. Well, when once it all gets released, hopefully Adam B can answer that. Oh, <laughs> shit, I've got that around the wrong way. Hey, Brooks. <laughs> hey, Brooks. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find more of these questions because there's so many of them. Uh, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> well, see, one of the one of the beauties of this is because people don't really get the opportunity to ask questions of you that often. So I know that you said to me that you were pretty keen on getting as many list oh, questions yeah, as yeah. possible. I, um, but I said that assuming there'd be like two. <laughs> no, we all know that Tony Shebeki loves asking questions. We've already asked that one. That's his, um, that's his job. Uh, okay, Kevin Chiat asks, what, if anything, can you share about the status of MCW's relationship with major international promotions. We will work with anyone and everyone um, in order to showcase how good wrestling is in Australia. Um, I think people probably read into it a little bit too much sometimes, but hey, if people are talking... You are wearing a progress shirt. I like it. He just covered that up pretty quick then. No, all right. I, I opened that up. I, I have a lot of I, I have a lot of love for the for the team at Progress. Why wouldn't I represent them? Um, yeah, don't read into what. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, we just having I've some got, fun. I got dirty Pegasuses on as well, so I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like I'm keen to work with anyone who can shine a spotlight on wrestling in Australia, and I think over the last couple of years especially that's that's been highlighted and that's created opportunities not just for us but for everyone in Australia um, I think it's brought us I, and when I say us I think that it's brought Australian wrestling to the world stage in a in a way that it hasn't been in the last 20 30 40 years since the heyday of shows at Festival Hall which everyone always reminisces about Um and, and that doesn't happen unless we've got people who are 
flying the flag for us, talking about us and getting the attention of those major promotions. So, hey, as far as I'm concerned, bring it on. Like it's it's something that's going to be hopefully beneficial for everyone here in the long run. Joel uh, Bateman put a center question ooh, in. Interesting. This one should be good. And actually, I like this one. If you could have any full-time roster member return, who would it be? Full-time roster member. I don't want to pick favorites. No, you, can, you can give more than one name. Um, I have a soft spot for a lot of the people who have gone on to do great things overseas who have been signed to big companies um, and they wouldn't be in that spot unless they had something that they brought to the table. So people like Buddy Murphy, uh, KC, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, um, Shane Haste for the times that he's worked for us as well. I know he's not a full-time MCW guy. Like all of these names who have gone overseas, even even people who have gone to the UK, for example, like a lot of these people who have gone and done that have all succeeded because of what they bring to the table. And that's something that benefited Melbourne City Wrestling whenever they worked for us too. So I'd, I'd love to have people like that back. Or Any least, of them, really. Or, or at least pop in from time to time and just say hello. So, um, well, one of them yeah. was one of them was at the show last week. We saw him yeah, walking through the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> you never know who's going to turn up. Like that, that, that's a surreal experience because, like, if I'd been on the balcony and seen him, that's one thing. But to be standing in the foyer and have a guy I was watching wrestle Roman Reigns a week and a half earlier walk past me it was a surreal experience. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and. Yeah, and it's it's always good when people just come to visit, even even if it's just to show up and say hello while they're catching up with family. It's always it's always nice. And everyone in the foyer then decided that oh, that's a spoiler. Brooksy's definitely winning the title. <laughs> <laughs> he could bloody Dowie. He could have come out and challenged. So every time we put Brooksy in a title match, now that's that's what we've got to spring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I I do think that Australia are overrepresented. Um, I think at, so. at WWE level, yeah. when you think about the size of our population and the distance from the US that we are. But if you think about it, this was something that 10 years ago wasn't really happening. Like well, When Tennille was signed. That was a huge that, deal. That was like a feature article, Herald Sun sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, it was. Um, and now it's one of those things where... It happens a lot, and that's and that's not. It's to, happened three times this year. I like, will have by the end of the year probably. It's and it's not to belittle, like everyone who's going there now. It just shows that the world is getting smaller, and I think that the product that is being put out here is getting the attention of more people, which then means that there are more opportunities for people here to really make a good impression. We've come a long way from Outback Jack, have we ever? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'm glad that we've gotten past the the days of the traditional Australian stereotype. Although, if I'm sure someone like the aforementioned A. Brooks would relish a a <laughs> Russell Coit esque opportunity <laughs> in a major promotion, I think he'd do that pretty well too. Well, <laughs> the vignettes would be great. Yeah, but you look at what um, Peyton and Billy are doing, mm. and that is a quintessential Australian character. Oh, it is like the, the know, piss take. Yeah, that's. That's the, just the Kath and Kim hanging the around the mall type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny it's funny seeing how other people from overseas react to it as well. And some of them kind of understand, and some of it don't. And but but you meant 
but that's the thing. Like they're doing it in a way that if you get it, you're going to love them. But if you don't, it's going to get them amazing heat. And they are heels. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Vince apparently loves it. Good. And that's their job. Yeah. yeah perfect. Yeah. If you're impressing the right people, then that's that's all you need to worry about. Yeah. And, and Brooksy, that would work because in the, the progress show, was it 1971, the show yeah, name? Yeah, and he yeah. come out in the stubby shorts and the thongs <laughs> and the uh, the six-pack of cans and the, uh, the wife beater <laughs> blue T-shirt. And then he I'm spent just- a couple of minutes... Taking the thongs off, putting his boots on <laughs> in the ring. It was, it actually worked. Uh, Some Brooks, for yeah. Russell Court, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Explains a lot about my mindset. That's the next celebrity crossover. Oh, good lord! <laughs> <laughs> Russell Court, CW. <laughs> I got another one from Facebook. Ben Wyatt. Wants to know, would you consider some sort of lottery system that would allow a fan or two to get a seat up? In the balcony for a show. There's not many spots up there. So I don't and you'd have that. to sit beside Tony. And so it's also not that good of a view. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to look through the bars, then by all means. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, we, we've been up there once, but we, we've chosen never to go back up again because, honestly, the view from the crowd is from the floors yeah, a much better atmosphere and you get a better view. Um, and that's coming from... From people who've experienced both, and I'm, t- and you're closer to the bar. It's Russ, too far from the bar. Russ up there. is always greener, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we 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 thought, oh, this is going to be amazing, and halfway through the show, I'm like, let's go downstairs. <laughs> go back to our, our spot. Tony only sits up there because he's an elitist. He thinks he's better than everyone being up there. Well, plus he's old. He can't stand up for that long. <laughs> Tickets earlier, Tony. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, he's great fodder. I love Tony. Let it just be said that I love Tony. Like, I remember hassling him at an AFL or footy media function a few years ago, and I don't think he really knew who I was or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I always shocked because I always loved his work. I've known Tony oh, for too long. Uh, we played football together like oh, right. 20 years, years ago. Yeah. But, no, probably, probably 15 years I've known Tony. And before he got his job at SEN, mm. and it's still blows my mind when I'm with Tony somewhere and someone asks me to take a photo of them and Tony. <laughs> like, why would anyone want a photo of Tony? I've Radio crossed his, I've crossed his face just, out of um, our team photos from back in the day. You just hate that you're the one taking the photo and not in it. I I just deliberately cut heads off of the photo. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> put it in selfie mode. <laughs> I do that. Yeah. If I'm ever taking people's photo, you always take... like the kind of guy who'd do that out of spot. Always take one <laughs> of myself in the middle. And I do that with strangers as well. <laughs> Good. Make it a face that they'll remember. Ah, it's not a very good face, but it's better than Tony's. <laughs> he doesn't listen. It's fine. I'm going to tell. So him. as long as no one tells him, well, he wouldn't read it anyway. I am snitching. I <laughs> uh, got another one from Facebook. Steve Jenkins wants to know what's it like going from humble beginnings as a moderator at WNA. Aussie Wrestling Forum back in the day to owner of the best wrestling promotion in Australia. Humbling. And that's it's that's something that I like some days I'll wake up and kind of think and this isn't to sound like a complete prat, but I'll go I feel like this whole thing with MCW is some weird dream or a practical joke that someone forgot to say gotcha. Um yeah, like I and and I, I probably don't say it enough, but I have a lot of uh, respect and gratitude for people along the way 
some of whom I'm still in contact with, some of whom I'm not for whatever reasons. So, hey, anyone along the way, like, I, you know, I really appreciate it and appreciate the opportunities of being given, even starting from being a mod at WNA with um, Herbie going, yep, no worries, I just want you and Ash Wright to stop causing trouble on the forums. <laughs> um, so and Now he does it on Twitter, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, and, and <laughs> it's really come full circle. Uh, uh yeah, so hey, it's like it's 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 a pretty cool journey and it's it's pretty awesome and humbling to look back on and see how far everything has come since then. For for everyone, not just me. Well, we definitely love what you guys are doing. We look forward to the show every month. I've it's it's sort of as soon as the dates come out, it's crossed out of the diary. I'm unavailable to anybody. Perfect. Um, no one's allowed to get married those weekends. I've already missed one show because of that. Never again. As soon as I have the calendar sorted out, I say the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> all right, family, no one's getting hitched on these dates. <laughs> yeah, but for you, it's wor- it's work. <laughs> for me, it's pleasure. Um, and it's been a pleasure having you in the studio with us today. Thank you very much for having me back. And good luck for October. Thank you. I hope. I hope everyone turns out and appreciate everyone's support. We'll see you all soon. Thanks, Mikey. Impressive. Welcome back to On the Turnbuckle. The music of Indy Hartwell brought us back in, and we'll get onto that in a second. But awesome to chat with Mikey J. Yeah, always, uh, always good to get someone that's uh, higher up in the Australian wrestling industry, and you know the the owner promoter of MCW. So it was great, and I wasn't here last time, so. It's good to finally get on the the end of one. You got your fresh haircut for him this time. Yeah, yeah, it's a different look, am I? Uh, Jake Andrew Arthur tribute. Yeah, I prefer you with a bit longer hair, but yeah. <laughs> that's what um, hats are for. So uh, nice of him, though. He always wants to take listener questions. He was big on get as many listener questions as possible. So it's great for people to have the opportunity to um, ask the questions that they've been probably they don't get the opportunity to ask very often. Yeah, a good sounding board for him. He can uh, well straight feedback from the fans to see what they want and uh, hopefully take some of them on board. And the music that brought us back was Indy Hartwell and reports this week that she has signed with WWE and she'll be reporting soon to the Performance Centre. Yeah, uh, should be early next month, you know, 22 years old, three years in the business, you know, PCW, obviously where she got her start, did an amazing job and, you know, she's networked like crazy. She's travelled overseas and, you know, Shimmer and Rise and... MCW. Yeah, MCW. BCW. Everywhere, everywhere in Australia. I don't think there's a promotion she didn't hit last year. Yeah, she was a little bit quieter in the Well, I said to you the other, uh, about two weeks ago that I think she's been signed by WWE because she's not wrestling anywhere except MCW. Yeah. I remember when we first started the, the podcast and you started coming to shows with me, you said we have to get Indy Hartwell on the podcast because she's not going to be in Australia long. Because she's my favourite wrestler. Favourite wrestler. So, you know, a year or so later, well, you know, sad to see her go, but also, you know, let's see what she's well, got. Well, now I have to choose future. a new favourite wrestler. Well, there's there's plenty of young up-and-comers. Yeah. I've got two. Yeah, uh, Xena. Yes. And Royce Chambers. Royce They're Chambers, he is your boy. And, yeah, hey, you haven't been wrong, so maybe 
Indy Hartwell could thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Big Cass had some issues uh, recently as well. Yeah, you know, it, obviously the initial reports, you know, you know, he's bidding on uh, your phone going off like uh, Shebeki there. Well, not I'm letting sitting that in slide. chair. Yeah, well, yeah, if the shoe fits. Um, it's Mikey J. Yeah. <laughs> or, it's easy just saying thanks for the interview, guys. Yeah, oh, good on it. I'm not That's reading nice. it. <laughs> no, you know, you know, so the initial reports, you know, when they come out, you know, he's unruly backstage and stuff like that, so you think dickhead. But when you hear the, uh, him, you know, sort of verbally abusing himself outside the arena and stuff like that, and obviously the police were worried enough, I mean, it's a mental health issue. You know, he's had his troubles in the past. It sounds that way. Like a cry for help. He understands he's made the mistake and, you know, oh, it's, it's it was sad bizarre, now. Because it was bizarre behaviour. It's not the the kind of way that someone who's not battling would behave. Yeah. Um, I know that Joey Janela was the focus of his tirade. Um, and But Joey was in a change room with him and Enzo the night before and nothing happened. So... Obviously, something's happened in the 24 hours since, and hopefully Cass gets the help that he needs um, because no one no one wants to see someone who's battling. It's, um, yeah, it's always it's always sad to see. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, like you said, hopefully, hopefully he gets the help he needs. And, yeah, it seems a bit of a cry for help, especially nothing, no real incident the night before. And, you know, so it's a bit of up and down, which mental health, you know, it can be. And uh, Robbie Eagles is, uh, matches in New Japan this week. Yeah, so Sunday night he um, you know, he's in a five-man, you know, ten-man multi-tag. A few big Japan names did. in that match. Yeah, some really big names. So, you know, the, the birds of prey uh, really getting, you know, the light shone on them. Obviously, Will Ospreay. One of the best, if not the best, wrestlers in the world at the minute. Yeah, you know, they've got a few good uh, double team moves and and stuff like that. You know, um, and then that led into the Monday night match where he uh, they went up. Uh, what was the what was the junior tag team titles? Uh, semi main evented, so semi main event Robbie in New Japan, which is good. Unfortunately, didn't come away with the chocolates. You know, lost to El Fantasmo and. Uh, Ishimori, yeah, but that just furthers the story. You know, Bullet I'm, Club and Chaos. I did notice my close personal friend Gino Gambino got involved in one of the matches. Yeah, through a uh, through a nice chop across the chest of a fellow Australian, uh, Mister Young Robbie Eagles. So, and yeah, he's been great on. He has been great on commentary. He's a great actually. man. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's it's been good. Yeah, you know, obviously we're, we're a bit Australia. Focused when it comes to that kind of stuff, but you know the shows have been good, and uh, it could be a tag title run. Well, there should be a tag title run in the future if the story uh, goes that way. Did you catch Clash of Champions? I did. I uh, you know I skipped through some of the matches as I tend to do, you know, with my uh, limited time that I normally have. I liked it. I not like it wasn't. There weren't five star matches, but I liked that. Storylines were progressed, and I am a story guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Was it? Yeah. All right, we'll just skip straight to the end. Was it like a post credits uh, when the fiend came out? Because obviously, when that little thing comes up in the corner, 
you think the pay per view is over and you know went into darkness and you know I'm really enjoying how they're they're using the fiend at the minute. Yeah, I think uh, that the fiend is the most interesting and exciting thing in pro wrestling at the moment. Yeah, he. Uh, well, you know, we'll touch on Raw shortly. It was the fiend. Show basically, it was the fee, it, was, it was the Bray Wyatt show. Yeah, there was a, every 20 minutes they were going back to him, but you know, it, it was really good. So he's getting the superstar treatment, which he, he deserves. Sasha Banks and Becky had a barn burner of a match, yep, that told a story. They battled through the crowd. There's Sasha was covered in mustard and and mentioned it like while she was still fighting. Um, I just think that the women's division has missed Sasha Banks so much because I've said it before, everybody's best match is against Sasha. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, those two have, have amazing chemistry, obviously, in the ring and outside the ring. Um, yeah, so they're telling a good story. Sasha's been firing on all cylinders since she's Her been promos back. have been really good too. Yeah. Uh, that, the first couple you could tell she was a bit rusty, a bit nervous, but they've steadily improved and you can tell there's – there's a truth behind them. I think she's doing really well. I love it. I'm loving Heel Bailey as well. The fact that she won the match and then just grabbed the title and ran. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying Sasha. Like, like you said, the truth behind it. Like a little bit of therapy coming through. You know, obviously she had her trouble stepping away for four or five months. So, you know, using that kind of stuff to um, further the storyline, oh, I think it's great. Um. And our truth, I love that little spot where our truth was trying to get away from the throng, and Alexa Bliss tried to pin him <laughs> during she, her match. Yeah, she that, that would have been actually all right if she did get the. I would pin. have liked to have seen yeah. her get the both times. <laughs> she could win a title during another match. It, it could work. Um, and you spoke about Sasha Banks being away for a while. They showed a chronicle on her um, straight after the pay per view. And she talks a lot about stepping away and needing to do that, and it's quite moving. It's heavily, uh, it heavily revolves around her own mental health um, and where she was at. And there was um, also a, a. She mentioned the reports that her and Bailey were like rolling around on the floor, throwing a tantrum that. Ryan Satan or Satin or whatever his name is, and that Brad Shepherd douchebag <laughs> who I'm who blocked me on Twitter a couple of times already. Um, like those guys are just parasites. They're guessing. They're getting everything wrong. Like I swear, a broken clock is right more often, more times a day than what Brad Shepherd is. Yeah, I don't understand it. Was it a, you know, is it a race to? replace Meltzer or something, and they just, you know, well, Brad Shepard, he got one thing right because he knew someone within the industry what? of a of a of someone's right? gear. He, months ago, that's how he started. He knew the person that was making the gear. He reported it before anyone else. I'm, 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 maybe I'm getting the story wrong, but it was one thing like that. And, you know. I'm told that WWE people now just feed him incorrect stuff <laughs> and sit backstage <laughs> laughing at his reports. And Ryan, Ryan Satan or Satin. He's a TMZ reporter. TMZ is the actual pits of the earth of <laughs> the reporting. And he's leveraged his bottom feeding into wrestling and nothing makes me more upset 
than when someone who I follow on Twitter has liked or retweeted his post because we don't follow him. <laughs> but he pops up in my timeline six times a day. Yeah, it's def- definitely unfortunate. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, it's virtually you know the Brad Shepherd. I can see him on my personal account because he hasn't blocked that. When it, when other people block it, it, it's virtually a parody account. It, it, yeah. If you can treat it like that and not let it, but he's uh, also absolutely. a massive incel. Like he hates women. Wow, hates yeah. women. Yeah, he's it's, a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair to say, a massive piece of shit. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting when he's on our show next week. Is he our big guest? No, we've got a bigger guest than that. A bigger guest guest than that. That's good. In every sense of the word. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, you know, do yourself a favour. Don't follow douchebags. Because, I mean, Dirt Sheet's reporting, like, who's backstage at shows. I don't want to fucking know. (laughs) Like, could you imagine not getting the surprise when Luke Harper comes out? Not getting the surprise when someone else made a comeback. We could have been douchebags at MCW Brawl. We were douchebags. No, we are. We could have ruined it. Yeah, for we people. could have ruined it for all our friends that were there. That we seen Brooksy backstage, but you know, you know. and and Mehmet. Yeah, we could have ruined <laughs> and, everyone's and night. Jack Jordan. You know, I don't know if that would have put us over in wrestling Twitter because we had the scoop. But- We'd definitely be banned from backstage. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Tony's bordering on well, getting banned anyway. Just yeah. try. Don't give Dowie James as his way, you'll be banned. Yeah, yeah. Lucky you have to leave the country to get away from him. Um, one of my favourite podcasts, and I know that you are a new convert to it, is Business Wars. Oh, definitely. I'm all. I'm all over this. Yeah, Business Wars is a. It's not a wrestling related podcast. It's it basically takes two two competing businesses and then goes through the history of how they've competed with each other. It's like Sony versus Nintendo. Yeah. Um, so there's some really cool, you know, pop culture stuff on there. But the one that they've got at the moment, which is I think three episodes deep, yep. is WWEF versus WCW. Yeah, and it's been amazing. They have really good production values. Like they're, you know, the- uh, Some by Wondery who do- Probably four of my favorite podcasts yeah. that aren't on my podcast house. Yeah. Who do all my main favorites? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's really good. You know, they have the the people talking, not in character, but you know, yeah, they I, do give the disclaimer. You know, we don't know what exactly was said, but they tell us narrative and they tell a story along with giving the facts. It's I did quite pop, enjoyable. I did pop when they did the Hogan at the end of the second episode, and it was like Hogan calling Bischoff, and he's like. We're going to have to have a conversation, brother. <laughs> I just love that he put the brother in. It was That was important to me. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of episode three, it's when Lex Luger is coming out. on, uh, And, you know, the guy's doing the, not the Vince McMahon voice, but what, what he's under contract yeah. and, you know, telling of the story. Vince McMahon has his uh, unsigned contract uh, in his briefcase. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, unlucky, bit of a bonehead move on Vince's part, but yeah, definitely highly re- recommended. I'm looking forward to yeah, know, and I mean check out the back catalogue because there's definitely a lot of topics that they cover. That I mean they do Hasbro versus um, what was it? The other toy company, Mattel. Mattel. Uh, one of my favourites is uh, you know showing our age a little bit is Netflix versus Blockbuster, and that crossover where they almost could have been partners. And stuff like that. It's some really, yeah. Well, it's not get even, on it. Yeah, get on it. If start 100%. with the start with the wrestling episode. 
Uh, RCW did a live stream on YouTube for their last show. Yeah, RCW Live 50. Um, so And it's up there now, you know, two and a half hours. So they're really good with their YouTube stuff. Bit of Royce Chambers on there. Well, you know, another reason to go and watch, uh, you know, the podcast favourite youngster, I'd uh, easily say now. So, yeah, it's great, um, easily accessible. It's still it's still up there, you know, that... They um you know they like I said they use their YouTube channel very well. Um, they're gonna start streaming a little bit more, which is good. They're gonna build their online presence and stuff like that. So yeah, looking forward to all the stuff they're gonna release in the future. Yeah, we're getting a lot online now, which is awesome. Yes, yes. Um, you know, Mikey may have tipped his toe into talking about it. Maybe an MCW stream. Um. Indie Girls in Perth have made a massive announcement. This is huge. And if it wasn't for the ridiculously priced flights to go to Perth, other than seeing our uh, our favourite Davis Storm, this would get you over there. Well, Japanese wrestling royalty Miko Satomura and Hiroyo Matsumoto. I'm glad sorry. you pronounced them. Um, yeah, both they were both in the Mae Young Classic, so... I mean, some people, that's all they'll know, but their body of work is as good as any wrestler, male or female, on the planet. Yeah, and Mako is, she tore it up in the UK the last six to 12 months as well as in Japan. She's been everywhere. They've had some big names on those Indie Girl shows. I think they're really good. Yeah, yeah. Really envious of the people that are, could go see that show. Um. Well, Tony will probably have a car race over there. He can probably get over there. Maybe he could take his, you know, maybe his bag boy. I don't want to spend that much time with him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. I'm only letting him come up to Sydney for one night. Yep. Let's stay yep. And that's just to bring the equipment. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, that's Pretty good. Much. Um, coming up this weekend, I couldn't find any shows on Friday, but Saturday PCW is in Ferntree Gully with Ignition. Um, GCW fallouts on in Geelong West where I'm hoping everyone's going to be drowning their sorrows after a big loss on Friday night. God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Adelaide, um, ACW in Adelaide have got Evolve with uh, Adam Brooks and Richie Taylor. Yeah, that's a title match, that one. Two of uh, Victoria's best wrestlers. So get down and see that if you're in Adelaide. They're doing a great job. Um... Brooksy loves those guys. Yeah, yeah. You hear him speak. He's high, speaks highly of. He loves Adelaide, obviously. You know, he does uh, routinely goes over there when he's in the in the country. So yeah, and they're building a nice little following. So uh, Newey Pro eighty two is on at Club Charleston with the Babes versus the Nation. That sh- that should be really good. And I think Headhunter Riggs wrestling against Jackson Kelly, who's a favourite of ours. Yeah, uh, on the per- Turnbuckle alumni. If you're promoting a show, get in contact with us and we'll let people know where they can catch you. Um, if you've got an idea for a podcast, catch us on my podcast house's Facebook page or on the Turnbuckle. We can help you get your idea on the air. Um, maybe you're a super fan of something and you want to share it. It's fun. Our studio is nice. Turn your hobby into a podcast. Exactly. Um, tune in next week. We have aforementioned massive guest. Huge. We may have two, but one is a WWE Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. That's we're doing all right. We've got a couple of WWE Hall of Famers 
well recently well title holder with the wwf as wwe as well yeah so yeah very very strong guy um is tony gonna be here for that uh we gotta go we gotta go to him so is tony gonna meet us there has he got a car race that's more important Uh, it's on a wednesday morning tony should be okay okay oh it's school holiday so he'll be fine thanks for listening catch us next week on the turnbuckle